episode 70 of the Stomp the Bus show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, alongside Colton Dodgson, who uh, is the birthday boy. Happy birthday, or is it an almost birthday for you? Yeah, almost birthday. We got uh, two more days. Birthday's on a Friday this year, which nice. you know, I'm really looking forward to. I usually get stuck with like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Can't do too much. So looking forward to the Friday birthday. Um, I always get Super Bowl weekend too, which is which is nice. Um, genuinely, your two favorite teams. The least excited that I've been for the Super Bowl in a very long time. Um, I went into the playoffs saying this was my doomsday scenario, Chiefs 49ers. But the state of both of those teams, and I mean, truthfully, the fact that the Niners won both of those games is pretty unreal. Um, So it just shows that, you know, this was not my year. This was not my NFL season. Um, A team has to win it. And if I guess, I, 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 dude, like, how are you supposed to choose from these two teams? Like, oh, you I, choose the Chiefs. Pretty easy. You go, you go Chiefs. I, 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 you know, I, I. That's my that's my play of the Super Bowl. I'm going Chiefs money line. Uh, I got some props sprinkled in there too, but you got to go Chiefs, man. Unfortunately, for sure. Well, yeah, we hope Bridget Ayuk has a great game and a losing effort. <laughs> I, you know, I here's my unpopular opinion. I don't care that he's an ASU guy. I can't stand Brandon Ayuk. Wow, he annoys me to no end, and it might wow. be the Eagles thing. I might not be, and it's it's him and Debo. They both kind of do it. They just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I think it might be the Niners effect. Honestly, if he were on a different team, I might feel differently. Um. But yeah, that's fair. I just can't stand the Niners, as I'm sure you can't either. And it just it trickles down to Debo. It trickles down to Brock Purdy too. That's supposed to be a good story, but I just can't. I can't do anything with the Niners. It it drives me crazy. Well, we are in agreement. Um, well, there's no good way to transition out of this, but we're talking about ASU basketball here, and whew, it's been ugly. Colton, the last time you recorded. Because you missed last week. It was, was it after the UCLA-USC games or was it after the Washington game? Like, No, I want to say it was USC-UCLA because I remember talking about the text quite a bit. Okay, okay. So at that point, like, yeah. Yeah. At that point, I don't know what, we were disappointed with the loss to UCLA and all that. Well, since then, they've just lost four games in a row. Uh, every single one of them by nine points or more. Capped off by a 15-point loss at home to Cal. Yeah. Uh, there's just no, like, this team is just falling apart. And it's not, it's just, it's, it's just really unraveling. And I, I, I just don't know, like, you mentioned before we were recording, like, I don't want to watch this team anymore. And that's, you know, it's kind of where a lot of Sun Devil fans are. It's like, is this what it's just going to be? Like, it's, yeah, it's just really bad. (laughs) Yeah, I I was going to say, like, we were kind of walking through, you were just mentioning, like, um, the the four-game losing streak, which it, it just shows the volatility of this team and the volatility of this team under Hurley. 
like anything that they do is so short-lived right and that's that's a double-edged sword because at times their losing ways are, are kind of short-lived it, it's just so it, it's so wavy you know it's so streaky because yeah. they open up conference play with four straight wins against Colorado and Utah right and uh, yeah four game winning streak which those are two good Pac-12 teams um and then you come out and you lose to UCLA, Cal, Stanford. Um, they've lost to Wash. Oregon was the other team, and Oregon State actually. Those that was the four game losing streak, right? Oregon, Oregon yep. State. So, I think the thing with those games too, if I'm not mistaken, they they come out. Maybe Oregon State was the only game where they didn't really come out. I think that game was kind of a blowout from start to finish, right? They didn't come out well against Oregon State or Cal. Like, okay. Right. I, I think the games that are standing out to me are um, Oregon was one, Stanford, Washington was another one, where you're watching the game and it, it's kind of close for 60 to 75% of that game, right? And yeah. in the case of those three, you're watching a game that's kind of back and forth for a majority. And then you get to the last. 15 to 12 minutes of those games and the wheels just come off. I don't know if these guys are out of gas. I don't know what's going on, but it, they, they, they play like a team that is in a majority of these games for a majority of these games and then just debacle for the last 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what goes into that. Maybe it's a, a coaching thing. Maybe it's a, a cohesion thing. Um, but at the same time, they have a lot of experience in those tight games, right? Those those one-score games. And, I mean, early in conference play, that's what they were winning, right? With the Cal game, I think the Stanford game was like that too. So they have five conference wins, and a lot of them were back and forth. So it, it's just a, a very puzzling team. It's a very bizarre team, but it's pretty apropos for a team coached by Bobby Hurley. <laughs> They're always like this. They're always volatile. They're always streaky. You never really know what you're going to get when they come out to play. Um, yeah. And then you had the Jose Perez situation. I don't know if that was Cal or Stanford. I want to say that was Cal. Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where he doesn't play the second half. Is that right? Or maybe he yep. doesn't start the second half. Whatever it was. So you're like, what's going on behind the scenes? Um, I mean, it's a tall order. The only thing I'll really say in Bobby Hurley's defense is – it's a tall order to have to retool a basketball team every year through your transfer portal, right? I mean, other teams do it. He did it last year. Right. Uh, and he had some cohesion with guys coming back this year, but it just seems like it's too tall of a task for him this year. Um, and the results the results haven't been disappointing. They've been pretty unacceptable. Right. Um, yes. So – that's just kind of how I feel about it. And you mentioned, like, I don't even really want to watch. I didn't watch the Cal game. And that's a that's a noon on Saturday game, right? I mean, I, I was – was that this past Saturday? This past Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I was in Disneyland, so that kind of contributed to it. But I was still following <laughs> games on my phone, and that was one that I just, like, had no interest in checking on. They didn't have a Pac-12 network at uh, the Star Wars land? Not, no, not the, cantina. The, the cantina didn't have – uh, Pac-12 network on, um, so I couldn't I couldn't catch yeah. that one. Which good thing. What a I shame. Did see, 
Yeah, no, what a shame. I did see more Niners and Chiefs jerseys than I ever want to see again in Disneyland. Um, and you know what? It's just a microcosm of how you can be on top of the world in sports and then in the bottom of the valley in just a year span. So that I don't know why I follow sports, Marcus, but I do, and we're here. We're, tor- we're uh, tortured poets. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, what's it? The tortured, the tortured Poets Society. The Riding our tortured poetry from our private jets. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's an icon. Colton probably has so many burner accounts trashing T Swift. Just no, everywhere. No, I, I hung the cleats up for that, for my, my online troll career. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to ASU. You mentioned in in what you just said, like, this is the Bobby Hurley, like, this is typical of his tenure here. And this is, like, the worst version of it, though. Like, the mm-hmm. absolute worst. Like, this is the worst year that he's had at ASU. This is, like, the worst team that he's had, given the, like, expectations, I guess. And, like, his first two years – there was no transfer portal back then and it was rebuilding from the Sendek era. And like people kind of understood why it took a while for, it took two years for ASU to get to the tournament, but it's just, it's, it's one thing to lose on the road to Washington and Oregon, excuse me, in games where you, like you said, you're in the game for like 60% of the game. It's like a close game back and forth, and then they just kind of pull away. That's one thing. But the loss to UCLA, like we talked about before, and then the loss to Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal, they're just – you can't lose all four of those games. You just can't. Right, and, and lose them in the fashion that they did because yeah, I think you look at each of those games, the four that you mentioned, and they, they're losing them in, in different ways. Like they're 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 beating themselves in so many different ways, right? Like with with UCLA, you have the four techs in the second half, which I mean that's a coaching thing. Like I get it, you're passionate. I I obviously we've never been in that position. We've never coached a D one game from from right. the court. So like you can only say so much about keeping your emotions in check. But if you're paid to keep your emotions in check, that's something you need to do, especially in a tight game at home to a team you need to beat, right? And yes. Bobby Hurley and his team weren't capable of doing that. Celebunge had the the technical foul too. Um, it all flows got- from Hurley. Like if you're a like at, I you know I'm not a parent, but if you're a parent and you freak out about everything, don't be surprised if your kid freaks out about everything, you know? Right. Like it, it kind all, of it sets yeah. the precedent that that is going to fly, right? Like okay, my coach is doing that, I can do that. And yeah. ultimately, the, that was – I think that – and they missed a couple of those free throws, but they had five techs. I think that was a seven-point – something like seven-point swing on just technical foul free throws. Yeah, I think – yeah. Uh, yeah. In this, or maybe it was four in the second half, five total. Whatever it was, those are points you're giving away, right? And then you have the Oregon State game where they just come out flat and they, they, they're, they're down ten – like three minutes into the game, four minutes into the game. And I'm pretty sure you had the same thing with Cal, right? It was, it wasn't even, it wasn't even much of a game from the jump. And it's like, okay, so now they're losing at the beginning of games versus falling apart at the end of games. Like you saw 
with Oregon and Washington. Like they're, they're, they're losing in so many different ways that it's like, what is the identity of this team? We've always known that any team coached by Bobby Hurley is going to be pretty streaky offensively. But I think what we saw this year that gave us a little more optimism at the beginning of the conference slate was that defensive intensity and, and yes. all the steals and the way that they were playing on the defensive side. And that was kind of different from what we've seen in years past. And we're like, okay, that's, that's a good sign. Right. Um, and then it's just, it's just falling apart. It's like, it's undisciplined. They don't score. They, they can't when no. they're in a hole. I mean, they, they've erased deficits, right. But recently that the, the most recent precedent, has shown us that that I, like you're not that's not sustainable. You're not going to dig your way out of holes like that all season. Um, but it, it's I'm kind of I'm kind of at a loss for how to sum it up because it, it's kind yeah. of mind blowing how you lose. You can lose in three different ways, right? And that's a lot to overcome to try to win basketball games. Yeah, and I mean this. I was at the Stanford game last week. They were up. They were up like a good like 10-ish, 8, 10-ish points for most of that game. And then they score four points in the final eight minutes of the game. And yeah. it's like it's all it's it's something different. Like in in Hurley's uh credit, I guess, is like it's like you plug a hole and then another leak comes up. And then you plug that hole. It's like so there, I do get it from that standpoint, but like it's still a lot of the same issues. Like I know that they actually do run some some stuff, but it, a lot of times it doesn't look like they're running stuff, you know. And the mm-hmm. ill-advised three-point shots are still there, so that's wasting possessions. And I get that on the flip side, it allows guys to play free. So like, you know, there is a yin and yang to it. But like, it's just it's just bad. Like it doesn't need to be this bad. And Hurley said something this week. Uh, this is a qu- quote from devilsdigest.com. Um, and this could be taken out of context, but it's like, on what is needed to get better shooters on the team, Hurley, we need better NIL. Well, it's like, okay, does Stanford have better NIL? Does Oregon State have better NIL? Does Cal have better NIL than ASU? Yeah. You know? you're, not, you're not losing like, teams that are killing you on NIL. Like, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, miss, I'm sure like, TCU has better NIL and uh, Oregon, obviously. Like, I, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that like NIL doesn't matter, but it's not the only thing. You can't just be like, because they have some decent players. Like, I bet at the end of the year, some of these guys will transfer out to, you know, decently high uh, regarded schools. And Which then, was, you know, what's crazy about that is there's a good chance if they're transferring out to highly regarded schools, they're going to end up playing in the same conference as ASU because <laughs> ASU is going into a basketball super conference. Oh my God. So it, that's another element to all of this. Yes. That's kind of a tough pill to swallow is there is no doubt in my mind. I mean, when I'm thinking about it, the only teams coming to mind are, are Cincy or UCF, but I think both of those programs are are better than what ASU is going to be. Cincy definitely is. Cincy and UCF, I, I would say, are ahead of yeah. ASU if you were going to do a ranking for for next year. ASU is is going to be the bottom dweller in the Big yeah. Twelve. Yeah, like, not and like 
not like in the mix of like the worst teams. Like objectively, like, yeah. Probably like the Carolina Panthers before. this past year, they were like right. clearly the worst. And that's right. yeah, that's the hanging specter over this season. It's like you don't have another year next year to be like, oh, okay, well we can just kind of run this back next year in the Pac-12, see what happens. No, that's not an option. And I've said on the show in the past, like the losses don't hurt you as bad in the Big 12 because the conference is good. But you have to be like still a competent team. You have to like, win some yeah. games. <laughs> like last year, exactly. Like last year's ASU team, had they played in the Big 12, they wouldn't have finished with as good of a record, but they still probably would have gotten into the tournament because they would have been able to win a few games. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, but this year strength it's of, just like strength of opponents and everything yeah, like that. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. But this year it wouldn't matter. It would just I mean, you're you're getting Losing by double digits to Oregon State and Cal, and I mean Colton, you have of ASU's ASU's played twenty two games. Of those games, they have uh, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Cal, Utah, Colorado, USC. They have six. Six of those twenty two games are wins over power competition teams. Like that's crazy. Like that's so bad. And so it's it's just and look, I mean, I I I've defended Hurley. I, I I would if Hurley leaves after this year, I would defend his tenure as an ASU head coach. Um, because you you have to grade him on a curve considering the program. Right. But that doesn't mean he can just be here forever, you know. And with you know, transferring to a new league. Who knows? I'll get into this in a bit, but like, whenever ASU hires an athletic director, I really doubt they're going to want to keep Hurley for a super long time, you know? Yeah. And so it does kind of depend on the timing of when that is. But because we're in February now and there's still no concrete signs of an athletic director, but yeah. that's, it's just, like, I would be fine with Hurley coming back. But, I mean, I'm less fine now than I was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's there has to be some level of an improvement. And I just look at the schedule, man. Like, this is the problem. You you just had a really bad stretch against a softer sketch in your uh, portion of your schedule. Because tomorrow, or I guess tonight when it goes out, you're at Colorado – that's probably going to be a loss. You're at Utah. Then then you're at home against Oregon State. Okay, that should be a win. But at Arizona, host the Washington schools, those are not easy wins at all. You play Arizona, and then you close out LA. Like, you still have a, the trip to the mountain schools and two more games against Arizona on your schedule. Like, <laughs> it would be yeah. great if they went one and three in those games. At 11 and 11. Like, do they even finish above 500? I really doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think really the biggest thing it. with Hurley, I think the biggest thing with Hurley, too, is it potentially moving on and, and whatever else. And obviously, the new athletic director, director is going to be a huge domino to fall with that whenever they yeah. ultimately hire somebody. But I think they also need to, ASU needs to look within a little bit 
and recognize. We've talked about the disadvantages that this basketball program and any basketball coach at the head of this program has quite a bit, right? When it comes to facilities and the arena and yeah. um, all, all of the other th- NIL, whatever else the issue is, all the things that we've talked about what coach is going to come in and and be able to do a better job with the hand that they're dealt. I think in Hurley's defense and, and to his credit, he's done a pretty good job of embracing this program, despite all of the disadvantages. Right. Yeah. Um, And he's, he's been able to retool and make them competitive. Obviously we're looking at a a down year. Uh, I mean, down for any program standards, not just down for, for ASU. Yeah. Um, especially coming off of what they just did and in, in returning some of the guys that they returned. And, and I remember when we were looking at the incoming transfers, looking at guys that, you know, made us excited, like Sean Phillips and um, um, Adam Miller before everything happened with, with his eligibility, whatever. It, it just feels like a massively underachieving team. And that has to fall on coaching. But it's just such a convoluted issue because of all the disadvantages that come with trying to lead this program. Disadvantages that are put on you by a university that has set a precedent of not really prioritizing athletics the way that it should, right? Right. Well, specifically men's basketball. Like, right. Yeah. No, and that's that's why it has – like, yeah, like it's not – it's not as easy of a conversation as people uh, make it out to be because of all the inherent disadvantages at ASU. But at the same time, it's like he has been here for nine years. You know, it's not like he's gotten it's it's not a fair shake, you know, 100 percent. 100 And the the only the benefit of going to the Big 12 is at least you can say, hey, we're a Big 12 job. You know, you get the opportunity to coach in, you know, the best conference and maybe like the thing with NIL is like it can be general. Like if you get a coach that I don't know, maybe has a good relationship with, you know, who knows how a a new coach could affect NIL. So that has to be factored into it as well. But yeah, it's just it's. And I think most ASU fans, like, want this to work with Bobby, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you go, I don't know, 14 and 18 or whatever it would be, 14 and 16 to close out the year, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can hold him, hold on to him for one more year. But it, it does feel like the end is coming near on the Hurley tenure whether it be this season or the end of next season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I do think the timing of the athletic director hire will factor into that a little bit. Um, but I think they, you're absolutely right. Like, they just handed him an extension last year, right? Obviously, the old regime did that. Yeah. I mean, I, when I say old regime, I really just mean the old leader, right, Ray Anderson, because a lot of those people who worked for him are still there. Um but that was obviously handed down by a former leadership. So is Bobby Hurley going to be in favor with the new athletic director? That remains to be seen. But also, 
I, I would say your timeline of maybe one to two more seasons is probably the most realistic given the extension that was just handed down. I keep coming back to the, you mentioned it's a big 12 job and you're, you're absolutely right. But when you're pitching, Hey, you're going to come play to a bit at a big 10 school or a big 12 school uh, to recruits. Those are the recruits that probably have offers from the 15 other big 12 schools that are better than ASU at basketball. Yeah, no, true. You know what I'm saying? Um, so th that's the thing with this is there's so much uncertainty given the conference move, given the athletic director situation, given Hurley's, uh, I guess, rocky, not rocky, but rocky uneven. isn't the right word at all, but streaky. I think streaky, streaky is a good word. Uneven, yeah. Uneven, there we go. Um, tenure as head coach, there's good moments, there's bad moments. There's just so much to consider with this, and there's the state of the basketball team doesn't do him any favors, but you also have to ask if we were to move on from Hurley, is the person that we bring in going to be definitively better at the job or definitively better after a couple years of settling in? Because I think that would be enough too to yeah. understand that maybe like the future would be brighter if we allowed this coach to get their feet underneath them. It's just so hard to say. I, I do think that they're going to need a, a revamped approach to be competitive in the Big 12. Um, and that's not going to be for quite a while. We're going to watch some pretty bad ASU basketball seasons when they get to the Big 12. That's not a pessimist. That's not being a downer. That's not being pessimistic. That's just that's being realistic. Like the teams, your conference schedule is going to be insane every year against the schools in this conference. Um, so they haven't, I, I, I don't know, man, it's going to be, it's going to be rocky. This is probably going to be the, the, the high point for, and as, as bad as that sounds like where we're at right now, I think will be the high point over the next three years. That's just kind of how I'm feeling about that's positive right there. I know. I don't know if it's at, but I, I, I get like I get your general point. Um, I dude, if they go, if they go 500 this season, and I could be wrong. Bobby Hurley has shown to adapt on the fly. If I'm wrong, great. I want to be wrong. I want to enjoy watching this team. I love watching ASU basketball, but they've been the same team with different players. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the adjustment this year has been the defense. We talked about that, but it's still a streaky offensive team that doesn't ever seem to have a flow, except for when they're forcing turnovers and, and getting on the fast break and everything like that. And they're going to a super conference. Like, I don't understand what my outlook is supposed to be on that. <laughs> well, so you know? for me, now, I just – now that we're just talking all this out, like <sighs> – it's like with Hurley, like, what are we holding on to, you know? Yeah, this no, is kind of right. As a Seahawks fan, this is how I felt this past year with Pete Carroll. And there were reasons like, oh, like, they still went 9-8, and eight, you know, like, like, he's a good motivator, all this. But in my head, I'm like, what are we holding on to as Seahawks fans? Like, what's the risk? Like, I would, like, Mike McDonald may be a bad coach, and the Seahawks are, go, you know, 3-14 and 14 next year or whatever, like, but – at least then it's like, okay, then we can take the next step instead of just like being stuck in neutral. 
which is kind of where what you feel like is an ASU bat. It's like, okay, like, sure, we could bring back Hurley next year, and he does have a pretty good recruiting class, but it's like, what's it going to result in, you know? Right. I think you have to you have to kind of compare what is what is your realistic best case scenario with any coach? What is your realistic right. like this would be the best season to watch as an ASU fan? Is it getting to the Sweet 16? Is yeah, it Sweet 16. Making a, okay, making a final four appear like what no. is the the Sweet realistic 16. ceiling for this program, and I would agree with you. It's winning a couple comp or winning a couple, making the tournament first and foremost, and yes. then winning a couple yeah. tournament games and losing in in one of those named rounds, right? Right. It's probably <laughs> not the Elite Eight or the Final Four, but Bobby Hurley is he going to be the guy that gets you there? And I think you're right. It's like, what are we holding on to the the hope of just making the tournament? Because I think. This this program isn't going to be capable of national championships, but I also don't think it's it's got to resort to just hoping we make the tournament every year. Right. I think there's some I think there's some capability there to maybe win a couple tournament games if they get the right guy in that position, if they put together the right roster, develop the right culture, all of these things. Bobby's had you know some some great moments over nine years there's been some fun games to watch some fun seasons but I think you're right is like is he the guy that can get them to that point and nine years has shown us no right yeah like so at what point do you recognize okay this is who he is this is the guy we've got if he's not going to get us to that that threshold of where we think we could realistically be I don't think anybody's asking for a national championship, at least realistic fans aren't. But having a, a, a fun Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the first weekend isn't too much to ask, I don't no. think. And so, another, like, another thing is like college basketball, like we have spent this show acknowledging like the just historic, like just the issues with ASU basketball as a program. But it's not like college football where those issues like really hold you back a lot more, you know, than college basketball. Like college basketball can't – you can't – like Florida Atlantic was in the Final Four last year and was a shot away from going to the title game. You know, mm-hmm. like weird stuff. Northwestern was a terrible program for years and they beat the crap out of ASU and they're going to go back to the tournament. You know, like Washington State is probably – like probably of all the Pac-12 programs, Washington State's the only one that probably has a – that has a worse – just history than ASU. Um, and they, they have, they're having a really good season this year and they might make the tournament. So it's like, that's why like, for one, Hurley's been here for nine years. So just, yeah. just that alone, like n- nine years is a long time to spend as a coach anywhere. Yeah. So from that, like maybe, maybe Hurley wants, maybe Hurley just leaves and takes another job. And just, just to restart his clock. I don't know. But the thing is he does like coaching ASU, you know, like, so that has to be factored in. It's just – it does feel like if ASU were like most other, you know, power six schools, high major schools, Hurley wouldn't – like this wouldn't even really be a conversation, you know. So I don't know. It's it's tough. It, I, it But it does really depend on the next AD. Um, and I actually saw an interesting article uh, on the state press yesterday – 
that I'll share uh, quickly. Um, so it's Michael Crow. He was talking at the uh, West Campus in a just a forum, uh, talked about all sorts of stuff. But the main thing was the athletic director. It was framed on social media that ASU hasn't begun looking for an athletic director, which that's not true. But here's what it here's what they reported. ASU President Michael Crow said at a student forum on the West Valley campus Tuesday that the university is quote approaching the time frame quote to begin appointing a new athletic director nearly four months after Ray Anderson left, uh, da, 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 moderated by so-and-so, uh, whatever. We want as self-sustaining self as possible, integrated unit, like all other units within the university, financial and organizational infrastructure, all this stuff. So basically he's saying the search is going on, but Colton, uh, I, I sent you this last week, uh, from Brad Sesmat. Oh, uh, I do. I do remember yeah. seeing this. Yeah. And I mentioned this on the last show, but I think this is really important when to consider this sentence. A lot of smoke. Doctor Crow will retire from Arizona State in the spring. So you have this holdup with the athletic director. You like, uh, why is it taking so long? All of this. Well, then you there's you know some level of reporting that's like, hey, there's a lot of rumors that Crow is thinking about retiring, and it kind of makes sense. It's probably, you know, if you're an athletic director, a sitting athletic director somewhere else, you're like, do I do I want to take the job right now when I don't know who the next president will be? Um, it also right. in the state press story indicated that Jim Run, the interim AD has a good relationship with all the coaches and stuff like that. So that from just from like a day-to-day -day aspect, there's not like some urgent need to change things up. Uh, from a day, like not from a like big picture, who's going to be the coach, just from like a, you know, administrative standpoint. Right, uh, and if, it's, if the timeline really is in the spring, I, in, I don't know, maybe this is just a reach, but if I'm, if I'm a, a director of a university and I'm about to retire in, I mean, the spring could be two right. months or three months, and I'm about to retire. I don't know how eager I am to start a job search for somebody that I'm going to have to hire and then leave. Like, it just doesn't make sense, especially if he's going to retire, which yeah. might be the delay in finding somebody, especially because um, Rund has a good working relationship with all of the coaches. So it's like there, you said it, there isn't a pressing need to go out and get somebody immediately. Um, so that could be the holdup in, you know, this hiring process. I don't know how long it typically takes to hire an athletic director, but I feel like filling a void like that it, or having that void not be filled after four months seems a little off. Like that doesn't seem like how it would typically work. No. Um, you'd, at <laughs> least be hearing a, you'd at least be hearing about candidates. You'd at least be hearing about they're maybe zeroing in on this person. Like, even if there's not a hire, there would be some sort of yeah smoke. And there's been a little bit of that out there, but um, I think, but I, I think it's just you can just kind of factor in the piece from Sesmat, and it, it just kind of makes sense. It's like okay, 
maybe he's just going to have the next president hire the athletic director or whatever. I don't know, but it makes sense, man. Especially. Yeah. I mean, you said that Rund has been doing a, a decent job in the interim, you know, maintaining those relationships. So if there's not a pressing need, why is Michael Crow going to, you know, put himself through that process in the last one to three months on the job, if he's actually going to retire, which yeah. I, I would say that, Sesmat is a pretty reputable reporter in the Valley. He, I don't think he's oh, the yeah. type of to put something out like that no. if there actually isn't smoke. So I, I believe, I believe that. And I think the, the, uh, the timeline on this athletic director hire is, is more support that there is truth to that. Yeah. So totally. And he, he knows it. Sesmat knows a bunch of people in the Valley. He's been here yeah, forever. Sesmat's, if Sesmat is reporting something, that's something that you need to take seriously. It's not some Twitter account throwing it out there. Like right. Sesmat has reported in the Valley for a long time. So he, and it's not some, it, yeah. And it's not, it, it also wasn't framed in some like attention seeking way. Right. It's like way. It's like it just mixed in the story with everything else. So it's that almost makes like me, in passing, right? Like a yeah, exactly. Yes, like, yeah. Which so that makes me kind of believe it even more, honestly. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I think I think there is. We're gonna see some movement on that. I mean, we talked about what happened with Doug Franz when he reported that yeah, Ray Anderson was gonna step down. Obviously, did it way earlier than Anderson actually than the timeline where Anderson was actually on, but you know, everybody refuting that, refuting that and Franz standing by it. And ultimately Anderson did step down. So we've seen that precedent sort of set over this era and maybe we're right. coming to the end of that era. And I think this athletic director's search might be a pretty big hint that what Sesmat is reporting uh, could be coming to fruition pretty soon. Yeah. And if you're Hurley, I mean, this is this might be a great thing for you, you know, right. because there's no one there's no one that's there to fire you, and you're already on contract. And he can at least say like, "Hey, I took the tournament. I took the team to the tournament last year." You know, he does have that in his back pocket. As bad as things are right now, yeah, um, I don't think there's any shot he he doesn't get a new year, or he doesn't get one more year under the new AD. It, it, you know, it's it, it, it might depend on I how the season finishes. I'll have one more year, but I don't know. I've been, I've been wrong before. It just doesn't yeah. make sense, right? Like, because you're right, he does have some of that track record in his back pocket. Maybe the AD comes in and he's like, okay, nine years, let's give him one more year. He's still under contract. They would have to buy him out, they would have to do all of that, right? Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So it, it would make sense financially to just let him play out one year. It, it wouldn't be like a – I would say the thing with Hurley is we talked about this being his worst season, right? The worst season that we've seen him coach recently or whatever we were talking about earlier with this being one of his worst yeah. seasons that we've seen. Given the and circumstances too because like there was the COVID – yeah, anyway. And, but – if we're looking at this as one of his worst se uh, seasons, and this is sort of the floor for Hurley, I don't think an athletic director is going to be like, wow, I made a huge mistake. We went four and 28 or whatever it is, right? 
Like, I don't think that's a scenario. So I think we'll probably see him for one more year under a new athletic director. The athletic director will make a decision based on that, but I, he got a two-year extension, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that kind of syncs up with the timeline. If they decide to move on, the buyout implications would be um, a little less demanding, I would assume. So, yeah, I think we get one more year and then we go from there. Yeah, I mean, it might come down to just how this season finishes. Like, do they have like a respectable end of the season, you know, or do they continue? Like, what if they win like two more games the rest of the year? Then things become different, you know. Right. Like, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. If well, and just, the other thing is, more, he would have lost the team, right? Like that team is yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that you know, there's a there's a part of me that thinks that might have already happened, too. So they're yeah, very I mean, that, yeah. That Jose Perez benching, there could be more to that, right? Yes. That's yes. that's a good point. And I mean. J- on a recent show, we were talking about, oh, like, will they hang an NIT championship banner? It's like we were thinking of, like, oh, they could still make the NIT. And now that's out the window. Like, how, how naive we were after four straight conference wins. I know. Yeah. So, well, I tweet, I asked on the Twitter account, should Bobby Hurley be back as ASU men's basketball coach? Over the weekend, it was a 65.5% no, 34.5% yes. So that, that kind of – that, that trade. How many votes did we get on that? What? How many votes did we get on that? 29. Wow. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. What the one thing that I do is in the negative Hurley category is – U of A fans are perfectly fine with him continuing to be the head coach. And that to me, like that might be the most damning thing is when the rival fans are like, oh no, you should keep this coach. You, you, you guys have to keep him, you know, like that's, that's what I like. That's what I say. Like I, I always joke with our friend Andrew Bell, about, oh, I missed the Mike Nolan 49ers, you know, because they were terrible or the, Jim Tom Sula 49ers. Um, I love I love the Mike McCarthy Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, exactly. So like, I don't know. It, it, it there's so many things up in the air, but I guess we'll end the basketball conversation with just her like being at ASU has led to a lot of annoying things for Hurley, but it's also a reason why he's more than likely going to coach 10 years at ASU, you know, <laughs> because you are not held to the stand. Like ASU fans, for the most part, know their lot in life when it comes to the men's basketball program. And so we'll see how this, right. you know, there's an interesting month, month and a half left uh, in, just in terms of uh, the short term future of the program, you know? They're going to, they're going to win the Pac 12 tournament. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, well, Colton, I know you. <laughs> what if they actually win the Pac-12? I mean, that would just be no. What will happen is they'll start off against. They'll be a bottom two seed in that tournament, right? And the top four get by. They're trending that way. They'll be a bottom probably two, so they'll start off with like, a, like a like a. Washington State 
and be up by 20 and we'll be like, whoa, they're up by 20 or like a, like a Colorado and they're up by 20 and we'll be like, wow, they're up by 20. This is really good. And then they'll give up a, a 26 to four run and lose by two points. I don't know if that math checks out. I think it does. But I think it does. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's what will uh, happen. Yeah. So that's just that's where ASU basketball, men's basketball, is at this point. Um, yeah. It's just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just not good. No, and, I, I don't know how much more of them I'm gonna watch. Just like we had the same issue with with football somewhat this year. And I think I think Ralph put it perfectly when he said the entire season was an exhibition, right? Because they didn't have that bowl eligibility. And once once there's no realistic path for your team to do anything outside of winning a Pac-12 tournament or outside of whatever it is, every game, especially in college, when there's no like draft implication or anything like that, yeah. every game just feels like an exhibition. It that, no, it, it like. And That's what's the, the point of watching? This, yeah. The only good thing about this season is that, like, there's no there's no emotional attachment to it. You know? Right. it Like, when ASU basketball lost dumb games last year, like, remember when they lost to on the road to the Washington schools? Those were annoying, rough losses because it's like, you guys are better than this. Right. But now I, I can't even have that emotion. It's like, you guys might be better than this, but – you know, maybe you're not. And they had a they had a little Lynn Sanity run to open Pac-12 yeah. plays, and now we're kind of back to earth. That's the, that's role, really yeah. the, best, the best way I can describe it. I think. Yeah, back back to earth with the toughest part of the conference schedule remaining. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. 